you're digging. Hello, hi, and welcome to episode Boffo Boffo 25 of the Macho Movie Man podcast. We are one quarter of the way to episode 100. And at least a good chunk of those episodes will be Harry Potter films because it finally begins many weeks of saying we were going to do this. Getting Dean on board, getting potentially other people on board later down the line. It begins now. Episode 25, we are doing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Dean, can you explain to us why we are undergoing this massive task between now and mid-November? Well, I mean... You know, it's 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 coming up to Christmas, and um, you know what Christmas means. <laughs> Harry Potter films on the TV. <laughs> it's the big, big movie every night. <laughs> yes, big, big movie. Like I said, it's a second-tier Christmas movie at this point, because it's always on at Christmas time. Yeah. But like... for other bigger reasons as well, Oh, shit, yeah, this sorry, movie my bad. <laughs> in particular, Philosopher's Stone, is turning 20 years old this year. The series is 20 years old. Yeah. Um, I, I, you got to stop doing these on anniversaries because you're making me feel older by the day. <laughs> but that's what your body does to you every day. I, it's broken. Leave me alone. Yes. <laughs> the, th- the thing in the audio you can't hear on these episodes is Dean's body clicking all the time. <laughs> I'm currently trying um, it's like, to tape it together again. It, it's, it's like doing a podcast with a clicker. <laughs> How many times will it click today? I don't know. A million clicks. Please don't leave the doctor away. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but Philosopher's Stone. 20 years old. Yeah. um... We would have been... I was four years old when this came out. I had just turned four. Like a few... Like two weeks... Less than two weeks earlier. I would have been two... Yeah, Jesus I, I, Christ! I, I definitely didn't see this one in cinema. <laughs> oh, you were you were one of the, you were kind of later on. You were a bit later on jumping on board. I think I was either. No, it would have had to be a Prisoner of Azkaban. I think. I have. N- I don't know if I saw this in cinemas because my first time I think I remember watching it was at in a hotel. Yeah, my my mom's work. They were having a do. I think it was down having a conference down in. I think it was either Cork or here, but I think it was Cork, and they just put all the kids downstairs in like the kids area, and put this movie on, and it felt like it went on for five hours, but I was entertained for all five hours. <laughs> it's such a long film. It is, but um, yeah, and then. I definitely remember seeing, at least from Prisoner of Azkaban onwards in cinemas, I'm pretty sure I also saw Chamber as well, because I would have been just about old enough. Because five is when you really start getting your Harry Potter face these days. Yeah, like, it's quite funny, because they, like, over, after the second lockdown, kind of, was easing off, they re-released them all in... Omniplex, and the only mm. one I didn't watch was Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> They're re-releasing this in Omniplex in a couple weeks. I think sometime in November. Nice. I I hope yeah. they do it again. Like, cause it's I've I they re- they re-released them like a couple years back in Cineworld in Dublin, 
I think it might have been for like the build up to Fantastic Beasts and I just kind of I went to see pretty much all of them and I was like those were very pleasant Saturday afternoons. Yeah, yeah Jesus just God. Goes, as, as you can imagine, my teenage social life was really kicking it if I was spending <laughs> my Saturday afternoons watching Harry Potter movies in cinemas for the 700th time. I mean, like, there, there's no harm in this. There's no shame, no. you know? Yeah. Plus, yeah. like, um, I'm kind of scared for the next Fantastic Beasts. I don't the, sec- the Secret of Dumbledore. Yeah. The only secret I want to know is how does he go from Jude Law in three-piece suits to Michael Gambon in the fanciest fucking pajamas? Yeah, and it's... Like, his style in this movie and his style in his younger days are so different. I want to know what epiphany he had where it's just like, I'm going to start dressing campier and campier as I get older. But I have a question. Isn't it, like, less than ten years where he goes from Jude Law to Michael Gambon? I th- there's at least oh there's about I'd say max twenty years between like probably the end of whenever Fantastic Beasts timeline ends and at least him meeting Tom Middle for the first time in Half Blood Prince uh, and even then he's starting to dress a little bit more on the campy side. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. scene. I, that I really, really was. We're going to talk about that when we get to... Yeah, we'll focus Blood, on the task at hand. Blood Prince in a fair while. We need to get through an entire different version of Dumbledore first. Oh, stop. Um, rest in peace, Richard mm, Yes. <laughs> so, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, premise is Boy Wizard. Who Do we need to go through the premise? I'm pretty sure everyone watching this is listening to this has seen it before. Uh, yeah, more than I'm, once I'm pretty I mean, sure we're good on that account I think yeah, a synopsis is not needed <laughs> it's, it's about a boy wizard who learns that he's a wizard and goes to a magical school for magic yeah yeah. the boy who lived yes and uh, if you want to know why Dean and me and Dean in particular are doing this we are both massive Harry Potter fans in fact Dean is a, a long-lost relation to the Weasley clan. Yeah, I actually um He is a Weasley. He, I believe yeah. in another life he would have been Rupert Grint's stunt double at the very least, if not cast as a... I have Ron's wand at home. Like... That, that <laughs> makes so much sense. You are also, I will say this as a compliment, you are the most Gryffindor motherfucker I've ever met in my life. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, the, I get treated like a piece of shit you, for it, but you know... It's, you, it's ha- you have BGE, big Gryffindor energy. <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing, though. <laughs> Oh, no, in fairness, there's worse things. You don't have uh, GSC, which is bi- uh, BSC, which is a big Slytherin energy. Honestly, I, I feel like Slytherin is more love than Gryffindor at this stage. <laughs> well, that's just because Gryffindor gets far too much in the goddamn merchandise. <laughs> you know, uh, taking this from a Hufflepuff, you know, Hufflepuff erasure is a genuine issue. <laughs> Stop, I feel bad for the Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh no, Ravenclaw gets slightly better, you know. Barrett can still find his fucking scarabs. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for me to find a scarab? To be fair, we did have to go all the way to Watford for that. In fairness, yeah, but you know, you're gonna find more. You'd find more scarves for Ravenclaw and Watford than you would in uh, for Hufflepuff. You know, I remember Vans did four specific shoes for each Hogwarts house, and the Gryffindor one was like really fancy. It was like it has its own like multiple colors. You know the f- intricate design. Yeah. You know Slytherin had like green scales and shit. Scale look That's pretty cool. Ravenclaw, you know, had at least some multiple designs. 
Ours was just like a black slip-on van with the fucking rave with like the rave the Hufflepuff crest just on it there. Like literally, someone fucked up. Someone made up the design in five minutes. <laughs> the house of stone. And I'm like, that is just offensive. It's based. It's those vans, but black <laughs> with the tiniest bit of yellow, and. Uh, the, the Hufflepuff crest on it. I think I sent a Snapchat to everyone being like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I hope you didn't buy them. I did not buy them, no. I'm like, I would not I would not uh, waste my money on such an insult. <laughs> Note to Van, make better Hufflepuff shoes. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> we have the rock, you sons of bitches. <laughs> okay. Oh. But, um... Yeah, and it's based off a series of children's books written by she who shall not she who shall not be named <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> for legal reasons and uh, dignity reasons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who knows? There might be another change soon enough. Mm. And um, this has a massive cast. Yeah, it this, it really does. It's. Too I big. said. <laughs> I said last week that this that a uh, fellowship was the longest cast list I ever had to do. This I left off people. <laughs> I left off a good chunk of like the child actors outside of the main ones because it's like they're in for a couple scenes, mm. you know. Their their acting hasn't progressed. Their acting is at their most base stage. Yeah. But um, the cast includes um. Daniel Radcliffe, obviously, Rupert Grint, obviously, Emma Watson, the main <laughs> trio, Harry, Ron, Hermione, Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid, Richard Harris as Dumbledore in the first of his two appearances. Yeah. Uh, you may know Richard Harris from many, many other things. The Field. Wait, he was... Ha- he was Bull McCabe in the you, field. Oh my god, that is McCabe, that is a leap. Jesus Christ. Bull McCabe at <laughs> uh, the Bull McCabe and uh, Dumbledore. If you uh, if you want to know what we're talking about, look up nineteen nineties. It was either nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I'm not sure. I Th- think it was ninety one. I think it was nineteen ninety. The field with um, Richard Harris, Sean Bean, and John Hurt. Weirdly similar cast. <laughs> Just, yeah, you had Sean Bean and John Hurt, where it's like the two people who die the most on screen. Yeah. Someone is going to have to die. Who's it going to be? They're, they're having a die-off. Oh, stuff. Um, oh, I want to see the tally on that one. Alan Rickman as Snape. Mm. One of the best casting choices maybe ever. I found out a really fun fact as well about his character. Uh Maggie Smith as McGonagall, another amazing casting choice. Ian Hart as Quirrell, who's a, he's an Irish actor, he's been in a bunch of like small things. Pretty sure he's in Michael Collins for a few scenes. Oh really? Like I said, he's one of those Irish actors who kinda gets in places, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Kinda kinda like a kinda like in insecty in that sense. Yeah. Uh a bit of a cretin. Mm. <laughs> Tom Felton as Draco. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who again? One of the one of those child actors where it's like he's not great yet, but he's gonna get better. I mean, yeah, the Flash, you know, come on. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the late great John Hurt is Mister Ollivander. Oh yeah, what a role! 
what a role. He's only in it for about one scene, but he makes the most of it. <laughs> I love to just... I wonder. <laughs> the one uh, line, it says. <laughs> Matthew Lewis is Neville Longbottom, one of cinema's greatest glow-ups. Yeah, has he been in anything since? He's been in one or two things. I've seen him as like kind of like a romantic lead in a couple things. You know, I, I saw him in a movie with um Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, where he's like the guy she's with at the start of the film that she's not really happy with. Who oh. she leaves for um Sam Claflin in a wheelchair. Mm. I, yeah, I, I have no mm. idea what you're talking about, but I'll believe you. Yes, um, David Bradley is Mister Filch, who has who yeah. few actors have made me uh, who have I sort of changed like my feelings towards as much as that guy because. I used to love him in these movies. Then I saw him in Game of Thrones. Then I hated him. Then I saw him in uh, Doctor Who. I liked him again. <laughs> I see him back in Game of Thrones. I hate him again. So it's, it's a real love-hate relationship. He's a, he can be... <clears throat> he is so good at playing these kinds of cretinous roles. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's weirdly got the look for mm. it. <laughs> and then, uh, in one of his few appearances in the series, John Cleese as Nearly Headless Nick. Yes, I almost forgot. Oh my god, I almost forgot about John him. Jesus please. Christ. El King Harold from Shrek 2. <laughs> oh. Fiona. How can you be near. How can you be nearly headless, Harold? <laughs> like this. <laughs> and so goes the, the trauma of um, a whole generation. <laughs> oh. Uh, so let's get into pre-production. The first Harry Potter book was published in June of 1997, so a couple months older than me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and launched an uber-popular series that broke worldwide records. As the Honest trailer said, this is the series that kept borders open for another few years. <laughs> uh. Um, by 1999, the third book had already been written. So, 97, you'd have had Philosopher's Stone. 98, you would have had Chamber of Secrets. Mm. 99, you would have had um, Azkaban. Which is really we- which is really crazy, in a sense. Because it's like, those are books. Yeah. And it took a year to get them done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, what was the... I forgot the time it took for this film. Because I-, I know it's one of the longer ones. The longer pre-productions... This they would have started working on this kind of ninety nine two thousand and this came out late two thousand one. Yeah, because I uh, I did read that like it was it took a lot longer because one they were all first time child child actors. Yeah, and they had to like film every scene twice for the yeah. the different name. We'll, yeah, we'll get that. We'll we'll get on to that. But um, and it was and uh, Goblet of Fire was in the writing stages so. She Who Shall Not Be Named was currently working on writing Goblet of Fire by 1999. Uh, and this was around the time when the, she was approached by Warner Brothers to uh, get the film rights. And the film rights were sold for all four books at that point, which would eventually become seven. Mm. But at this point, there was only four books, three that were published and one that was on the way uh and it was all sold for a million dollars 
which seems like nothing nowadays yeah. when you have companies like Disney buying Star Wars for four billion. But so does she get any royalties from it then? Or... Oh, she's 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 like she's she's made a lifetime's worth of uh, money, like living on a bed of children's pocket money, like. <laughs> so so like even though she obviously sold the rights to it, she can still get money from the films. Yes, she because she because um, she who shall not be named made I would say got the best treatment of any author I've ever heard of. In terms of uh, how the fil- how the studio treated them, because they asked for big concessions for the rights, because the studio just saw these money these these books are selling like mad. Let's um get on this. Oh, she wants these this this and this. Oh, well, let's try and work with her. You know. Yeah. 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 This was just one of the few times Warner Brothers had the right sense of mind on them. Yeah, I mean, she turned him down at first, didn't she? I think so, yeah. I, don't, I wonder um, what changed her mind. As <laughs> More <per> money. <laughs> more money. I cannot give you the rights to my books without more money. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea what that voice was. I, I thought you were doing a bit. I, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> as part of the deal... She Who Shall Not Be Named was given major concessions in regards to the important matters such as casting. They demanded the cast be only British, Irish, or actors playing roles specifically fitting the nationalities of those characters. So when you get to Goblet of Fire and they introduce the French the French girls, those were all French actresses. Mm. Yeah, no, the, I think that was a big thing on Chris Columbus's part. Mm. He like he wanted to keep it very yeah to the he, source material yeah he 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 kind of agreed with um with 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 the author mm. <laughs> you're really trying not to say her name <laughs> I five five percent of this audience is non-binary I'm not leave I'm not I'm not leaving them out to dry like that <laughs> it's just so funny to see his story <laughs> they do uh and the. And the clause restricted Sir American actors from major roles, despite the fact that two American stars offered to play roles without pay. Have you heard these? Because oh, I these know will exactly blow your mind. About. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell wanted to play Mrs. Weasley. Thank the good lords that didn't happen. And this, this is one of the strangest what ifs. I don't think it would have worked. But there's a part of me that wants to see this more than anything. Yeah, I don't know. Robin Williams <laughs> wanted to play Hagrid. Mm. I, I I don't know, like, seeing Robbie Coltrane, I don't know how I would feel about Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, we can't, it's hard to say now because we've seen what we got and it was perfect. It was glorious. <laughs> but I kind of didn't realize, like, oh, I shouldn't have told you that. Oh, <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in a, like, okay, say... Alternate timeline. See, yeah, like, I, I think Robin Williams would have done well, but I still feel like I, you you can't, like, okay, I, I'm being biased, but, like, I, I don't know, you can't have an American actor in a film like this, you know, like, yeah. in a major role. No, he would just, he just stuck out with, like, a thought, like, a sore thumb. Yeah. Mm. Like, I know he's good at accents and everything, but... Yeah, no. I'd love to, if, if they'd ever, 
you know, if he, if he was still around today and wanted to do, like, a Fantastic Beasts movie, I'd have absolutely been like, yeah, get yeah. the fuck in here, Robin. Do some magic. Yeah. Like, I wonder, was he, um... Like, make these films better. <laughs> but I wonder, was he, um... Uh, like, did did he ask to be in any more after this? Like, say, the later ones? Well, again, they never brought in anyone specifically American to the series. They introduced, like... European characters, but they never introduced a Yank. Do they ever mention the American schools at all? No, not at all. It's, it's a very, it's a very, it's very, it's very tunnel vision, British and slightly Europe. This. Yeah. Hmm. Although no I harm, think no harm. <laughs> no, no harm, no harm. But I think that was also just because they wanted it to be like very British. Yeah, and it hmm. works. It abs- it does work. Um, so while there was a casting process and it was extensive in regards to the three main child leads, there were three cast members who were handpicked by the author personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coltrane, who was the first <laughs> casting of the entire series. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Maggie Smith yeah. and Alan Rickman, who the author said is the only choice for this to the point where the author gave Rickman spoilers and like information about the character that had not been put into the books yet because this would have been thinking books ahead. I think that really helps his character though because he see like he I, I suppose when when he's playing the character he can think of it of what he knows yes. and what everyone else doesn't know but he, uh, like mm. I, I explain that very badly. No, I'm so no. sorry to the audience, but you get what I mean. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad there was no such thing as sort of like you know, phone hacking at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, phone hacking was at that point, yeah. but it wasn't to what it is now. Just like someone hacks the text messages they're sending in accident <laughs> and gets the spoilers for like the last book based yeah. off of it. Oh, stop! Like, I mean, if if fucking. If college web like college, you know, systems can get <laughs> hacked. Like, like, oh jeez. <laughs> the college systems can get hacked, anyone can yeah. get hacked. The North so get the North Koreans after Should, it. Did you see like the Venom um watch college end credit scene already got like leaked? Did it? I've heard things. I'm not I'm I'm waiting till it comes out to see yeah, the I'm, end I'm credit not, scene. I'm not gonna watch the end credit scene because I heard no. it's insane. Yeah. And when you when you hear buzz like that, oh, it's insane, and like the movie's not even out yet. That, that's... <laughs> they were like, the film's all right, but the the dead credits. <laughs> I mean, it's got it's currently I think it's seventy eight on Rotten Tomatoes, which is better than anyone thought it would be. Yeah, that's that's better than the first one, definitely. <laughs> it's about double the first one. Um, Warner Brothers were a bit angsty about the series, in so far as how do we do all of it because they were worried about the possibility of production delays causing issues with the predominantly young cast like oh are we gonna have a production delay due to this or that of a year or two and these uh, actors are going to be too old yeah for the roles that they need to play um kind of like how stranger things is at the minute they lost they lost a fair, they lost a good chunk of time because of COVID and how long it's taken them to do the fourth series that now, like, these They're kids, old. these kids are almost 18. Yeah. 
I, I, I think the most recent one, it, like it happened with, besides obviously Stranger Things, is um, It Chapter 2, because there's flashback scenes mm. in that, and, and they had to de-age half of the kids. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's quite horrifying. And not in the intended way. No, like, oh, no. it's... It's, oh. it's weird seeing young face on someone who's younger than you. But what's worse is everything is dubbed over in oh, those scenes. no. And it's really obviously dubbed. Like, uh, the, I'm struggling to remember half the shit from It Part 2, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and that's just making things flood back in the wrong way. <laughs> no, but, um... Yeah, so they had concerns about centering a series with so much money behind it on such young talent. Mm -hmm. So their idea was to make it, the series, entirely animated films. Yes, like it was going to be CGI animation mm. or something. Like, uh, like the old Uncanny Valley kind of Robert, Ex Robert, Robert Zemeckis style yeah. Polar Express. Which works for Polar Express. I don't know if it would work for this movie. I don't want to see what Snape looks like in that animation. Oh, oh imagine what fucking Quirrell would have looked like. Oh, God. <laughs> he doesn't... That that looks disturbing in light, in normal life. Have you ever seen the, what, the, the concept out for that? No. Oh, Do I want to? Look it up what Voldemort was supposed to look like on the back of the head. Oh, God. It was... It's horrifying. Oh, Jesus. But, um... They also tried combining several novels into one uh, due to the concerns, but um, She Who Shall Not Be Named shot down both ideas. To be fair, it was the right choice to shoot yeah, that down. Yeah, because I can't imagine them fitting all of it in. No. Like, is, is it just going to be like, oh, they're in the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, look, they're serious. There's a werewolf. They're serious in his dog form. I mean, this film alone is three hours long. How the fuck were they going to fit all these Oh, in? God. I feel like you'd have, they'd have done, like, a trilogy, but they'll fit, like, the first two. So it's like, oh, they're in no, a no. chamber fighting the basilisk over the stone. No, no, no. I, 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 um, oh, God. <laughs> at one point, Spielberg was negotiating to direct it, but uh, they shot down his idea to do it as an animated film with Haley Joel Osmond voicing Harry. <laughs> Uh, so oh when they said so when they said no to that idea, he declined it. He had at this, and he went off to do AI with Haley Joel Osmond. He was very much on the Haley Joel Osmond train. Of uh, in he was he was the little kid in Sixth Sense. Wasn't yes, he? yeah, was Sixth Sense was out before this. Oh. Not that Sixth or Sense came this? out in ninety nine. So Haley Joel Osmond would have been the hot shit in Hollywood at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just oh my god, that would be a. No, that would have been a hard choice. There was <laughs> numerous directors considered. Uh, I'll go. Th we'll go through the list here. Chris Columbus, mm -hmm. Terry Gilliam, yes, yeah. Brazil, Monty Python, yeah, uh, Jonathan Demme, <coughs> who did Silence of the Lambs. That would have been. Nice. I feel like if we had gotten the Jonathan Demme Harry Potter film. Dumbledore would have been played by Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that would... That, that, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire would be so much more menacing. <laughs> did, you put your, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I did, sir. With a, with, a, with a side of Chianti and a white wine. <laughs> with some liver and a, Chianti, and a nice Chianti. <laughs> Oh, don't do the... Ah, oh, Jesus, he just, he, just, he, just, he just wakes up in the hospital wing at the end of this movie. Hello, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Mike Newell, who uh, had done, I think he did directed Four Weddings and a Funeral and would go on to direct Goblet of Fire. Hmm. Um, Alan Parker, who would have done, pretty sure he was, he had directed The Commitments in the early 90s. Great film. Great film, great film. Mustang. One, one of the best uh, Dublin films ever made. <laughs> one of the, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Second best film in the Barrytown trilogy. <laughs> Can't beat The Snapper. I've never seen The Snapper, you know that? Oh, I will make you watch The Snapper <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Da, da, Sharon's having a baby. She told, she told me to tell you her contraptions are starting. <laughs> ah, Jay's is red alert. <laughs> oh, Wolfgang Peterson, who... I can't remember what he did. Shit. Um, I'll need to look up what he did. What his other works were. The, the name is very familiar. Yeah. Rob Reiner, who was on a hot streak in the 1980s mm. and a, was a, it was a lukewarm streak in the uh, <laughs> in the 90s. He was okay at that point, but, you know, he, he, he had peaked in the 80s. Tim Robbins, a.k.a. The Andy guy, Dufresne. Andy Dufresne, <laughs> yes. Um... Brad Silberling, who had done the late 90s Casper film. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Peter Weir, who had who would later go on to do um, Master and Commander, that um, Russell Crowe on a boat film. Russell Crowe on a boat film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just kind of look up what Peter Weir did right now. We're not leaving dead air, we're just Googling. Um, Peter Weir, before this, would have... He directed Dead Poets Society, witnessed at Harrison Ford in the, um... What you call them? Have I not seen a Harrison Ford film? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's Harrison Ford film in from, like, nine, the mid-1980s where he goes... Where he's helping a young Amish boy who's in the witness protection program. So he goes undercover... To an to the Amish. What in the sweet Jesus? And they build <laughs> they build a barn, they build a barn. Oh, and he had done the Truman Show in ninety eight. Okay, so there, there's there's like, there's a clear outlying film there, Jake, and I, I'm I'm sorry, but like it, it cannot be ignored. The, tr- the Truman Show, what the Truman Show, Dead Poet Society, or Harrison Ford with the Amish yeah. film. I I mean, like there are three very. Very different films, and I'm there. not sure how <laughs> any of them scream. Let's let this guy do a kid family film about a wizard boy, <laughs> and um oh now this this is the ultimate sign that this list was done by people who are thinking twenty years ago. M Night was considered. Oh no. M Night. The tw- what would be the plot twist? <laughs> the the the, tw- the twist was um Snape had been dead all along. <laughs> um, the final four were Columbus, Gilliam, Parker, and Silberling. I think the right choice was made. Yes, I mean, I kind of would have liked to see Terry Gilliam's. She who shall not be named wanted Gilliam. Yeah, but like... the studio went with Columbus because he had a better track record. He had done Home Alone. And Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, so that's, when yeah. you're making a family film, 
You go with that. Yeah. yeah. You go with someone with the track record to get the series off the ground. Then you can make the wilder choices. You can really see where, like, it went from family friendly to, okay, this is, this is teens. Yeah. Like, they're, they're growing I, up with they, this, like. <laughs> well, like, this is easily the most family friendly one. Yeah. Everything else gets a little bit scarier as it goes along. This, I would only, cla- I would classify the only one as, like, kind of Christmas vibe to mm. it. This like, is this is the most PG. Yeah. Like, I know the rest get played at Christmas as well, but this one has yeah. that family vibe. You can sit down and watch it. With... Yes. This is the one, I think, that spends the most time with Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because some, some, some of them become more Christmassy and then less Christmassy as it goes along. But this is the one where it's like, oh, we'll open presents, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so open auditions were held for the roles, uh, and from what I what I read up, they auditioned at least five thousand children from across Jesus the UK. Christ. Um, three per- and there were three parts of the audition process. You had to read a page from the novel. You then had to improvise a scene of the students arriving at Hogwarts. So to just sort of get the feel for how they act with the other people who are also mm. being considered. And then they had to read several pages of the script in front of Columbus himself. There were no stage parents allowed because he had he Columbus had had to deal with Macaulay Culkin's parents before. Oh, and it and it gave him a bad taste when it came to to a to a child actor's parents no. because he had seen when it goes nasty. Yeah, I can imagine so. Mm. Um the main trio were cast on the 21st of August, 2000. Um, yeah, and it was a case of, like, I think at one point one of the main casting directors left the entire project because she was just like, you've turned down so many kids, you're a bastard. <laughs> sure, did you, like, did you know, like, Rupert Grint had to do two auditions? Like, he, he did a second one because mm. he, he didn't get anything back. I know, yeah. Uh, like again, it's one of those things. Where I was like, imagine him not getting it. He's the perfect Ron he Weasley. He is. Like. <laughs> it's been twenty years, and his face just makes me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> still makes me laugh. Um, one of has scared off a lot of directors because they wanted a Fourth of July two thousand one release date, and that terrified a lot of people because it's like the size of this movie. Yeah. And you got to get it out by the 4th of July. That's not going to happen. Yeah. When you're um, dealing with like 400 kids. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. British film industry officials offered assistance in getting locations and changing child labor laws so that um they could get a few more hours out of them <laughs> and more flexible timing for onset classes for, you know, their general schooling. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's how much the Brits were like. We want this here. This could be good for us, you know. We'll 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 get we'll get some tourist attractions out of this in about fifteen years. Should fucking the 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 trio themselves were doing their own homework during yeah. scenes like. <laughs> oh, filming began in Levston Film Studios on September twenty ninth, twenty two thousand, which was yesterday twenty twenty one years ago. God damn. So twenty one years ago today was day two of filming on the first Harry Potter film. God. Yeah. Oh, my childhood. 
Where's it gone? Canterbury Cathedral was touted as a potential location for Hogwarts for them to film, but Canterbury refused on the grounds that they did not uh, agree with the pagan themes and imagery of the series. For fuck's <laughs> Gloucester Cathedral agreed to it because the Reverend at the time was a fan of the books, but this caused a media outcry with locals in Gloucester, uh, which led to more to many many letters of complaints being sent to the local papers, claiming that a protest would go to the cathedral and block the film crew from getting access to it. On the day, one person turned up to do so. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's big, you know, there's going to be hundreds of people. We're going to block this film from getting made here. This, you know, paganistic film. <laughs> no, it was just that fucking one Gandalf the Grey fucking you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> this Grandalf smells a lot like piss. <laughs> um, They had to use, like, multiple, uh, what you call it, like, um, watch the cathedrals for shooting, yeah. There's a fair amount. I I did a list of it, uh, kind of towards the uh, end of the pre-production uh, section on this. Um, they wanted to be a bit more faithful to the books in terms of the actors' appearances. So Radcliffe was given green contact lenses, and Emma Watson was given buck teeth. But Watson was really struggling to speak with the teeth in, and Radcliffe's <laughs> eyes had a bad reaction yeah. to the contacts. So when people bitch all these years later being like, Snape's last words were, you have your mother's eyes and he doesn't have his mother's eyes, is because his eyes refuse to be his mother's <laughs> eyes. Oh, the irony. But you have oh, the, oh, the irony. Oh, fuck, why did I do that? <laughs> you set me up, you set me up. Sure, this was the, Emma Watson was the original um, Henry Cavill mustache situation. They CGI'd out her book teeth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> They couldn't CGI out her fucking bangs. Bet <laughs> <laughs> that's what she wants nowadays. Oh, but um, uh, there was a line of the script that was actually removed to avoid a contradiction, uh, with the Order of the Phoenix, which was also being written. Oh, what what was the line? Uh, in, in, I never found out what the line was, but there was a line that was taken out because uh, she who shall shall not be named was like that goes against something I've put in a later book. So, um... Was it, like, a major plot point or something? I don't know. All I know is that there was a line changed. Weird. So, think about it as you will. Do you know who they considered for the role of Quirrell? Who? David Swalus, who would later go on to play Lupin. Oh, shit. That, I, that oh. would have been mad. Oh, no. I, 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 Jesus, I'm really glad that they, mm. they, they, they knocked the cast out of the park. Like they... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Wright had one line in this entire movie and she improvised it. So she was just there to smile, basically. <laughs> smile, we'll give you a line in the next movie, we swear. Uh, but she was just like, that whole good luck thing was um, improvised. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Radcliffe was unsure if he'd make it to the end of the series because he didn't know if he'd be able to match what the character needed in later films with his acting. But um, by the time by the time they were doing um, Goblet, he knew he'd stay on till the end. Yeah, like I suppose that became his life, like you know. Yeah, pretty then... much. Yeah, and sure, he decided to stick with acting after a while. So because mm, yeah. you know, you know, a lot of ki- child actors kind of they fall they they give they give it up. You know, um, a big a big exp- example would be um, ah, uh, what's his name um. 
What movie? Josh. Um, Gleason. He, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Jack Gleason. Jack Gleason, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. He was a little blonde kid mm, in yeah. Batman Begins. You know, I can't fire my mom. She's probably off fucking your Uncle Jamie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake, Jamie. Yeah, he gave up. He stopped acting after uh, get, after his character was finished on Game of Thrones. Halfly because he was he wanted to try other things. He, he had fallen out of love with acting. Probably because I don't know if he'd be fucking cast as anything else after Joffrey. He was that hated. So, yeah, to be honest, like, that probably fucked him up as well, mm. to be fair. Like, that, the amount of hate he got. Ah, he went to Trinity. So I was like... Because <laughs> he probably deserved it a little bit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Simon, do you have revolution? <laughs> oh, it's only a micro. <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh, daddy, it's only a micro. Scarf flip. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, James Horner was actually cut contacted to uh, compose the score not John Williams but he couldn't do it uh, due to scheduling conflicts so John Williams wasn't the main um, and this is mental there was going to be a theme song an actual theme song written by an artist that would go along with the movie oh no, no. that act that artist was Bruce Springsteen. There was a Bruce Springsteen oh. song written for this movie called I'll Stand By You Always. Oh, Jesus. Massive man. Tarzan vibes off of this. Yeah. Christ almighty. Um, but it was cut because it didn't, uh, it was decided it didn't fit with the film. It was released though in 2010 just as a single. So it's out there if you look it up. <laughs> If you look hard enough, you'll find it. <laughs> and it's super sort of 80s or late early 90s where it's just, you know, you can kind of picture this playing where it's like, and they're in scenes in the Great Hall at the end where they're all celebrating, <laughs> you know. Oh, oh that, That's it, the, the wrong audience right there. But, like. it was, but it was cut along with um, Rick Mayle's Peeves. Ooh, what? Peeves the Poltergeist was also cut from this. They, they had an actor cast and all. Oh, to play Peeves. Uh, Rick Mail, Beloved um, British sitcom actor from uh, Bottom and The Young Ones and so on and so forth. Probably, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, probably a, bit, a bit beyond our generation. Yeah, I... I mm. A bit before our time. Um, an original draft had Drew Barrymore making a cameo. Of who? Like, what? Just Drew Barrymore, like... She plays herself, does she? <laughs> she comes along as a fucking ghost or something. <laughs> um, the locations for Hogwarts included Gloucester Cathedral, Harrow School, uh, Alnwick Castle, Durham Cathedral, which was corridors and classrooms, and Oxford University's Divinity School, mm-hmm. uh, which... Uh, Hospital wing. These all sound super fucking English. Do you know something very uh, fun factish about yeah. the, the the scenes in the Oxford University, right? Ooh. Um. So it was the library scenes that were shot there. Yes. And obviously, the like it was for when they were going to the restricted area, but there there's technically like in in Oxford you cannot have an open flame near a book in there. <laughs> 
So this was the first ever, like, film or a- anyone to um have an open flame near the books in the Oxford Library. Wow. Put that on the walk of put that on the star on the walk of fame. So Daniel Radcliffe just there with a fucking lantern around <laughs> these books that are about fucking five hundred years. <laughs> he's keeping it lit. <laughs> oh, Jay, why? <laughs> Filming ended on March of two thousand and one. Uh, the final work on the film being done in July of two thousand one. So it would have just missed that July the fourth window, but you know, uh, and. Due to the American name change, because in America the book was also called "I'm pretty sure Sorcerer's Stone," because um Americans wouldn't get philosophers. Yeah, I heard that. All right, and which um, just uh, like the philosophers were too too advanced for Americans, so they had sorcerers. That's actually something I heard. Uh, she um she, regretted doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know we're we're civilized Europeans, so we call it um uh, we we call it philosopher stone. You can call it sorcerer stone if you're nasty. Um, we're civilized. And um, <laughs> fuck's sake. Um. Okay. Quick timeline of uh, the um build up to. The film's release. First teaser poster debuted in December of 2000. Okay. First teaser trailer debuted in March of 2001. Probably in front of some Warner Brothers movie at the time. I can't tell. <laughs> the video game was released on the 15th of November 2001. Did you pl- You probably were a bit too old for but have you ever seen the PlayStation 1 Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone game? I have not. Have you seen at least what the what the effects looked like. No. Think of if someone's playing Minecraft, but their vision is drunk blurry. Oh. <laughs> and there's just, everything is... So it's just unplayable. <laughs> everything is square. <laughs> there's one pixel. <laughs> there is one pixel, and everyone's face looks like someone's about to skateboard down it. The first Harry Potter game I played, actually, funny enough, was Order of the Phoenix. Oh, I think I may have owned that. Um, I, folks, I am just showing poor Dean here what the Philosopher's Stone, uh, PS1 game looked like. Trying to burn my eyes. Um, I mean, it's bur- it's one of those games that's burnt into my childhood. Um, that's what Hagrid looked like. That's, that's a fucking, that's a pyramid. <laughs> Yeah, but that's how it was back then. This was two thousand and one. That's what that's what games You're look right, like. like. But my god, it look it looks like <laughs> someone like Roblox. Yeah, it looks like if someone's what looking at Nef, uh Minecraft while drunk. Um, yeah, uh, Mattel had a toy deal. There was a Lego deal, which uh, was later described in the toys that made us as a deal that almost kind of brought. Lego down to its fucking knees because it meant they were relying solely on money in years where these movies were coming out which was great for 2001 and 2002 mm. but terrible for 2003 because they they had put all their eggs in the basket of we got the Harry Potter Lego right and the Star Wars Lego right do you know what didn't come out in 2003 a fucking Star Wars or Harry Potter film 
<laughs> so in 2003, they've got fuck all and they're in debt. <laughs> they're like, what do we do now? <laughs> There's no more movies for us to buy the rights to. It's, it's oh. like that one dramatic kid in class. It's like, <laughs> we're fucking bankrupt. We're never coming back from this. It's Tiger King. I am never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> uh, there was a $150 million deal with Coca-Cola to advertise the film. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. And a Hasbro confectionery deal to make, you know, the chocolate frogs and the mm. Bertie every flavor, Bertie Bot every flavor bean. Oh, mm. yeah. You're not a real Harry Potter fan until you've tasted the snot version. <laughs> Yeah, funny enough, I never actually got to get any while I was at the studio. I was, I was, I was pissed off. I had a chocolate frog in Orlando, and it was quite nice. I I did get to try butter beer though. Oh, I. It's sugary as fuck. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I liked it. It was too sugary mm. for me. I, I I immediately got hyper. I was like, "What? This went straight to my head. What is going on?" It is the sweetest thing. Mm. It's too sweet. Yeah, no, like, they need to tone it down just a tad. Mm. And right. add a bit of alcohol. No. <laughs> Dean, your alcoholic is coming out again. I can't help it. <laughs> keep a keep a professional, bro. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so this would have come out late to th- November 2001, so... We would have had this, and then very soon, not too long afterwards, we'd have had Fellowship of the Ring. So like, Good this this was a this was a great winter. Mm, yeah. This was a this was a nice winter. I was looking it up. Do you know what movie had come out just a couple of weeks before, two weeks beforehand? What Monsters Inc. Oh fuck! So it was very good. You had a you had a <laughs> trifecta of Monsters Inc., Harry Potter, and um, Fellowship. That is insane. That is amazing. That is, oh. God damn it! I mean, if you're if you're of a gener if you're from of an older generation, this won't mean as much to you. But like, that's a lineup for our generation. Yeah, imagine seeing that now, like <sighs> imagine seeing those three like in the cinema. I mean, well, I suppose a sequel or something, but you know. Mm. But there's already sequels, so I'm I'm, yes. I'm 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 losing the run of it here. But there's I'm already he- sequels in TV shows in the works. Yeah. Prequels, I don't know. Prequels, semi sequels, <laughs> spin offs, reboots, no. <laughs> uh, soft boots. Um, yeah. So um, let's get into the step by step, shall we? Yeah. Because we've been talking about the pre production for fifty minutes. To be fair, it's fifty minutes worth of pre production. Yes. Yes. This this is setting in motion eight films. Yeah. There won't be as much in the next couple of ones, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no. I, like I said, I already start, started doing up notes for um, Chamber, and the pre-production notes are much less than this. Like, I just realised as well, we didn't even talk about the fact that every everything that was built in the studios... Yeah, no, there was so much in the way of uh, pre uh, practical effects done, even though you did need to rely on CGI for multiple times in this movie. Mm. It was still, you know... They still got nominated for, like, art design. Yeah, I'm not surprised, because, like, the most surreal thing I found about, like, being in the studio set was yeah. walking down Diagon Alley. Like, actually being there yeah, and walking down yeah. there. It was like, what we, is going on? Yeah, we've on? had two very different kind of experiences, because you've been in the 
studio tour in England. I've been to the Walt, Walt uh, Wizarding World in Orlando. I mean, they're, they're, they're the same as the other amazing recreations of uh of them but i feel like you'd get a bit more of a museum-y vibe off of well yeah because it's the all studio the, like that's the actual studio it's yeah. all the original stuff like you know yeah while the theme park is more it's the theme park yeah so you're there and you're buying shit but you're also waiting in lines and on rides yeah and looking at how <clears throat> at just how much fucking amazing work they put into just the immersion of it all, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know, you're in... You're waiting for the Gringotts ride, and you're walking through Gringotts, <laughs> and it's so well realised. See, Gringotts wasn't even there when I was in the studio, but what was there was the, obviously the Great Hall, and just yeah. the doors open, and it's like, oh, my God, th- this is insane. <laughs> we will get into how extra that whole process is <laughs> <Yeah>. later on. <laughs> but um, let's get into the uh, step-by-step. Um... We begin on a dark night on Privet Drive, yeah. Sir Little Whinging, Surrey, <laughs> which just sounds, which just sounds like, which just sounds like the least coolest name. It was like, where are you? What's your hometown? Little Whinging is like little bitch town. Perfectly, perfect for the Dudley for the Dursleys. Oh, L L Richard Griffins and the other, I can't. Fiona Shaw, yes. Nice. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Vernon Dursley as well. He died. Yes, he died recently, didn't he? Oh, no, that was like 2013. Was that 2013? Why did I think something came up recently? No, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah I'm, you're probably mistaken him with another death. I don't know. I, I'm sorry, yeah, it might have been someone who looked like very similar. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah, no. My bad. No, he, he would also be in... Okay, what else was he in? He was in bedtime stories. I was about to say with Adam Sandler. He 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 played Barry Nottingham. Oh, and I I don't know why I remember that name. He was a germaphobe. Yeah. Why do we Why do we remember so much about bedtime stories? <laughs> that is the secret of Dumbledore. I, I'm catching a cold. <laughs> it's a I, it's better to fight colds in the dark. <laughs> and Russell Brand in there for some reason. Yeah, Russell Brand did some odd films. This was 2008, so they were really trying to push him as, like, an actor, you know? Like, this yeah. was before he was in Get Me to the Greek and Arthur. Oh, Arthur is a fucking tragic film. Oh, Jesus it's... Christ. <sighs> and in... And in, and in oh, hop. Jesus. Oh, God. 2011 was scary. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'd agree, yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, anyway, anyway, so um, uh, Dumbledore and McGonagall arrive at Privet Drive. Dumbledore gets out his deluminator and turns out all the lights, mm. which is exactly what I how I picture me finishing up my night shift is like. <laughs> That's what you do. You get your deluminator. I, and just... I get my deluminator and I use it to scrub tables. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and they. And McGonagall uh, turns from a cat into herself, into Maggie Smith, mm-hmm. uh, via shadows, which is a really cool uh, image. And she basically says, are you sure about this? I watch them all day. They're terrible people. Which, is, uh, which alludes to the beginning of the book where it's from Vernon Dursley's 
POV and there's a cat following him mm. as he's going to work and he's kind of uh, witnessing the wizard, the wizarding world celebrating in sort of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, which I feel like that would have been an interesting way to start it, but considering how long this movie is... Yeah. If you had done, you would have needed a Snyder cut oh, to yeah. do to do that section, and it doesn't add anything on that we don't get from this anyway. Yeah, like um, the the whole setup is it, it's done like you you still understand what's going on either way. Yeah, uh, a flying motorbike arrives with Hagrid carrying Baby Harry on it. Yeah. Uh, we get a we get serious we we get a serious black name drop. Yes, we do. Which is actually. just before they he gets put in Azkaban. So this this doesn't um this doesn't contradict anything that happens later. I don't mm. think. Um, and we see Hagrid is attached to Harry because you know he's a big softy. Oh yeah, he is the nicest man. Of course, it's 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 Hagrid. He's just, he's too pure. <laughs> I love the fact that he's like a. What you call it? Um, it's not a headmaster, but um, he's a, he becomes a teacher. In the first one, he is it. Yeah. Like no, it's the third one when he get when he they give. Is he him not? T- no, I thought he was in the first. No, one. because have because at this point he's still seen as oh yeah he works here but we also we expelled him because uh, he's <laughs> accused of uh, getting a, getting a student killed. Oh. Yeah, because he's uh. he still has that sort of cloud of. Oh yeah, you you took the fall for the Chamber of Secrets opening the first time. So, but oh, you you've been to Azkaban. We thought you were guilty for decades. Um, here's a teaching job. Please accept our apology. Why did I think he was already a teacher in the first one? No, no, because in the third one, then you get the whole bookbeak saga. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. God, I'm going to get. Absolutely hated in the comments. By me. Yeah, it's just going to be you being like, fuck you, Dean, you don't know um, what you're talking about. And despite the fact that Hagrid is getting totes emotional, they leave Harry on the Dursley's doorstep. As uh, as Dumbledore says, it's best he grows up away from fame so he doesn't become a dickhead about him when he's older. Yeah, and they're yeah. like... They are right. They're correct. We fast forward 10 years and we see Harry, who is soon to turn 11, is being treated like shit by the Dursleys. In much fa- in favour, who um, absolutely spoil rotten Dudley. Mm-hmm. Who is an utter dickhead in this. Yeah. <laughs> just just w- running down the stairs, just deliberately banging on his roof. Um, so, um, yeah, and it's Dudley's birthday and they go to the zoo... But Dudley's birthday goes very wrong when Harry starts up a conversation with a snake, uh, which Dudley sees and starts banging on the glass. The glass then disappears, Dudley falls in, and the snake escapes, off to slither into someone's DMs. Now, are we saying that that is, he's talking in Parseltongue there, or is like... I think it is Parseltongue, but it's never stated as Parseltongue. And so Harry, so Harry gets blamed for the incident at the zoo, and he gets grounded for a week. Uh, once that week is done, Harry gets a letter in the mail that Vernon intercepts and sees, oh, what's this strange, um, this strange seal it's from? Yeah. And we see the Hogwarts seal for the first time, 
and we see and we know from their expression something's up yeah so um Vernon then becomes more and more paranoid because more letters keep turning up from more owls. Oh my god, do you want to know something funny about the owls? What? Is it relating to owl shit? No, it is not relating to owl shit, per se. But the owls kept looking at the camera instead of the Dursleys. So, Mrs. Dursley? Like me. Yeah, but basically, but Mrs. Dursley, uh, the the actress who played her, mm-hmm. I forgot her name. Fiona Shaw. That's the one. She had to wear dead rats on her dress so they would look at the family. <laughs> and that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Were the <laughs> were, were these dead rats sent to her by Jared Leto? <laughs> He's a time traveler now too. <laughs> He's going to get it tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he becomes more paranoid. He burns the letters. He um, he drills shut the letterbox. But then on a Sunday, the letters start coming through the fire, fireplace. Um, you get a shit ton of L's outside, mm-hmm. outside the house. All of the L's were imported from Massachusetts. That's not that's not where you would expect owls to come from. No. Yeah. You'd expect plenty of hooters in Boston, but um Fuck's sake, Jake. <laughs> couldn't resist. You um, are despicable. Um, yeah. And so eventually Vernon, having pretty much lost his mind, drags them to this random ass lighthouse in the middle of nowhere island. Yeah, I I'm still wondering how he, he got, you know, um the money for that I mean, in the, in the book, it says that, oh, they drove for hours and hours and, like, he, he, they came across it and he asked the guy if we can stay there for a while and he paid rent money to it and stuff, but it's not said in the films. <laughs> he just had a lighthouse, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's here where Harry turns 11 all by himself in the loneliness as it, uh, Turns midnight and he's drawn drawn a happy birthday cake in the sa- in the dirt, mm. and then Hagrid arrived with a bang. I'm I've always wondered, how long was Hagrid outside that door? Did he turn up just on the stroke of midnight, or was he waiting there for about twenty minutes? Being like, ah no, I'll go in at midnight. Have to make an entrance, you know. <laughs> You're right. It's all, early. It's all about the. Ah, you know, it's all about the timing. I, uh, your Yorkshire your accent I, isn't there, Jake. <laughs> it really isn't. Oh, I didn't even know it was a Yorkshire accent. What did you think it was? I just, there's a lot, I, there's only specific, certain English accents where I fully know that's a type of English accent. I know the difference between London, Scouser, Mank, uh, Toon. And that's kind of it. Uh, Birmingham. Mm. I, I know, I can say Birmingham like that. And then, and then Yorkshire. <laughs> Yorkshire sounds a bit um, medieval. Jesus. But, um, yeah, no, my Hagrid impression is not where it's at, okay? Um, but, yeah, so Hagrid comes in, probably after waiting outside for an extended amount of time. Just uh, more concerned about his timing. He's like, 
can't give him a birthday cake uh, before his birthday. <laughs> Dramatic timing. Um, and he tells Harry the line that um was in all of the trailers that has been memed a hundred billion times in the last twenty years. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> I'm a what? <laughs> no, you're a wizard. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of versions that we sh- that we can't say on this podcast. <laughs> you're a unit of electricity, Harry. <laughs> you're a beep, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop, please! Before I lose my mind. Oh, that happened long ago, Dean. But um, I should not have said that. You should not have said that. Um, he gives Harry his cake and then his Hogwarts letter, but Vernon shoots it down. Uh, Vernon tries to pull a gun on Hagrid, and we get one of my favourite lines Hagrid ever does. Dry up dirtily, you old prune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just breaks the gun. Well, ha- Hagrid is part giant, so I mean, yeah. like... But, um, yeah, and so uh, Harry finally discovers that his parents weren't killed in a car crash. A lie that makes um Hagrid very annoyed. Yeah. And oh God, we we I just love Hagrid. <laughs> a car crash killed Lily and James Parr. It's an outrage. It's a scandal. That was getting better. That's a that's a little bit of World War Two news radio yeah. guy. It was like troops on the front are sounded a bit hoarse and wells there. Jay. Troops on the big troops on the home front are having a bit of a difficult time in Japan. <laughs> Now it's a bit of Nixon. <laughs> it just changes every two minutes. Though. Go some Hagrid to Nixon. I am not a crook. I should not have said that. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically... Uh, and Hagrid gives him the 411 on what Hogwarts is and that he'll be learning under Dumbledore who uh, Vernon takes a crack at which uh, pisses Hagrid off. So he gives... Gives Dudley a pigtail. Yeah. Oh, amazing. He 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 mistakes Harry for Dudley at first. Yeah. Or, oh, I love that. <laughs> or Dudley for Harry. Mm, yeah. Mm. Oh, Jesus. That fucking that that's another child actor that kind of made it, I suppose. Yeah, he's been in a couple things. Yeah, he was. He was in that The Devil All the Time, Queen's Gambit. He was in, um, The Old Guard last year. He was the main villain. That Charlie Theron, um, they're all oh, immortal. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's making a name for himself. He's he's doing well for himself. He's doing better than Rupert. I was about to say he's doing doing better than Rupert Grint, but Rupert Grint has an ice cream truck, so he's doing better than all of us. Yeah. Um, so Harry and Hagrid travel to London because Harry would rather run off with a giant stranger than stay with the Dursleys. <laughs> Which is a damning indictment of their parenting skills. <laughs> or yeah, lack of. <laughs> where they go to the Leaky Cauldron where Harry first notices that he's famous. Because the people all notice him. And they're like, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. They, 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 they just, so Brown knows him. Mm. Yeah, and then we meet Quirrell. Uh, this is in that weird time frame where, you know, 2001... It's beyond nine eleven, but you can't blame films for having or having villains with turbans because it was done before September eleven, not after. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Especially considering Quill's white. 
Now, you had to bring that up as well. Like, the, 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 the term... <laughs> White guy in a turban would not get away with that today. Um, yes, but... Yeah. Harry's yeah. a bit so, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, and they arrive in Diagon, Diagon Alley. How, how many... Year, how many years old were you when you realized Diagon Alley was just Diagon Alley? Diagonally. Oh! <laughs> um, uh, no comment. But, uh, that means you, that means you were today years old. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, uh, I'll say, uh, and since we're on the subject, how many, how many years old were you when you, uh, learned that Nocturne Alley was uh, nocturnally. Jake, you're killing me here. Stop doing this. I'm I'm being made to look like a fool. <laughs> Don't worry, Ishik had the same thing when I when we watched this the other day. Oh. She was like, I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing accents, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You'll kill us all. Um yeah, so basically so and obviously Diagon Alley looks amazing. We get a we get a shot of the Nimbus two thousand. Oh yes, it's gorgeous broom, absolutely gorgeous. Fuck fuck the uh, fuck the sequel broom, <laughs> the Nimbus two thousand and one. Lazy fucking shit. <laughs> I got I got to see the the Nimbus two thousand up close and personal. You you got it. You got a good you got a good up close look at that broom. Yeah, goddamn the finish on that thing was. You got to get a handle on it. Got oh, to get yeah. a grip on it. Yeah, there there was this thing there that you could like. It uh, it was kind of it was cheesy enough, but like basically it would, you could hold out your hand and the they'd have this machine that would bring the broom up. Oh my! I was thinking it'd be kind of like one of those wedding booth things where you're sat on the broom and they take the photo <laughs> of you and a CGI background and then it's they just had like that too. It's it's the it's you know, the CGI on the photos are just about the same level as the CGI in the Quidditch match in this film. Yeah, yeah no, they had the exact same thing. Oh, was... oh, but um, yeah. So they they're in Diagon Alley and they see everything and the sights and Harry's just spend the entire time gawking, which is forty percent about fifty percent. What Harry does in this movie is just kind of. Look in amazement at wizard things. Well, wouldn't you be amazed too if you found out that you're a wizard and you're probably one of the most famous yeah, wizards? It's one of those things. He it happens in every film, but it kind of it dissipates after the fourth film. The last big moment of that I can really think is him in the tent at the Quidditch World Cup. Mm. Yeah, where it's just like I love magic, and then his sort of look is everyone's look when they realize, holy shit, the Irish won. <laughs> We'll get on to Ireland's greatest sporting achievement in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so... Um, and first off, they go to Gringotts Bank, where um, we get the slightly... Slightly um, retrospectively... I'm not 100% sure on this... Uh, goblin stereotypes, where the goblins are bankers with big noses. Yeah, I mean, like... She who I, I shall, would, uh, she who shall know. not be named, was pushing a look on that one. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but mm. it, it like it looked it, amazing. It fits, it fits, but you know, and 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 the goblins are great because they they look 
Yeah, but like I, I heard though that um, they like, they really hated being on set, and at at one point Chris Columbus asked one of them, "Could he look at Harry as if he hates him?" And, and he just real. went. He just went to Chris Columbus. Oh. I hate you. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Harry discovers his parents have left him a lot of money. So. Oh yeah, just just a bit, just yeah. Enough for uh, the first, the first order of business is to go and buy the wand at Ollivander's, where the wand chooses the wizard, Mister Potter. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, uh, and Mister Ollivander tells him, uh, and he eventually picks his wand after two false starts, one that um knocks a bunch of books down, and then another one that. Also knocks a bunch of books down. Mm-hmm. Um, Destroying all of Andrew's job. Yeah. And uh, the third one works a charm. So he gets that wand, but Ollivander does warn him that that wand has a brother. And its brother gave you that scar. What a setup. That's a de- I, I, I will die in the hill. That's a decent John Hurt impression. Ish. It's pushing it, but it's... It's 20% good. <laughs> um, and then he gets outside, and Hagrid has a present for him. Hedwig. Yeah. Yeah, that brave oh. L L. Ah, yes, the one that the team is named after. Yes. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. This this will be the intro to all of the episodes <laughs> going forward. <laughs> or us in this slightly banjoy yeah. <laughs> sounding rendition. Here's a story um, from the north. The north of England. <laughs> Which I believe is where Scotland uh not Scotland <laughs> Hogwarts is located somewhere up in Scotland, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I think, I think you might be right on that. Yeah, um, but um, so Harry asks to know the truth of uh, what happened to his parents. Hagrid tells him about the evil wizard Voldemort, who uh, killed them but failed to kill Harry, but was greatly weakened, causing him to fall from power. And in this, we get the first sign, we get the beginning of she, she who shall not be named's uh, heel turn. Mm. She was. She was offered the role of Harry's mother in that split second shot where you see her in this little bit in the movie. And she said, no, I'm not an actress. Uh, come back 10 years later when Harry's mother has lines. She who shall not be named is more than up for playing the role. So you can see where the ego slowly starts to form. Yeah, like it, it. I suppose it's hard not to get an ego when you're running one of the best-selling authors. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think you can write a screenplay on your own? Jesus Christ! <laughs> but anyways, no. let's... anyway, yes. So um, we're getting off topic here. Yes, <laughs> uh, and Harry just and so he wants to just you know it's like we think he I think he's still out there too tired to carry on. You know, so we find out. Okay, Voldemort's not dead. Dead. He's just. He's never dead. Dead. He's just dead. Ish. Yes. So he's... we come to the day Harry 
goes to Hogwarts for the first time, and Hagrid ditches him at King's Cross Station. <laughs> Go through that wall. <laughs> Just... I imagine he travels by flu powder, because he's there at the train when the train is disembarking. So unless he still has the bike. Yeah. I'm, I'm so not sure. Like, I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing it was flu powder. Is there a chimney big enough for him to fit in? <laughs> what is he, Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> he he's he's musky Santa Claus. <laughs> he's he's like he's earthy Santa Claus. He's the Santa Claus of Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk laws. Oh Jesus. Uh anyway, so um th- that leaves Harry alone, unable to locate platform nine and three quarters. He asks a trains he asks the train uh, a platform a, a platform can a platform uh person. Uh can you find platform nine and three quarters? Nine and three quarters, being funny. You think you're being funny? <laughs> Uh, as well. He's 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 re- he that he's not an actor. He's actually he actually works at he actually worked at the station, and he just had a role, so they that's, just go. I love when they do that. So yeah, so. so it's just like that's his job, telling people, oh no, that station, mate. Do you know as well actually? Um, yeah. She who shall not be named got the layout of King's Cross wrong in the book, <laughs> so that like it it's technically not, between platform nine and ten, but they just. You know. Oh. It was actually three and four, I think. Oh. So it's a, a bit of the magic is ruined. I'm sorry, but you know, we Aww. can't all have nice things. Oh, she's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he f- so he finds, the but Weasley. but he finds the Weasleys. You're kin, Dean. <laughs> You're kin. I'm that cousin who left for a while and then comes back in like the. Fifth. He's he's <laughs> De- Dean Weasley. Is there a Dean Weasley? There might fucking be. Molly Weasley had so many goddamn kids. <laughs> there is a Dean in the series, but I don't think I have the same. Dean Thomas. I don't think I have the same skin tone. No, no. <laughs> You're you're the white Dean Thomas. So he finds the Weasleys. He meets Ron for the first time because Mrs. Weasley, who instantly takes to Harry, she is such a sweetheart. Just yeah, I was like, can can you help me to find the platform? Yes, yes. This is Ron, by the way. He'll be your best friend for life. Yeah. Don't lose him. He's loyal but stupid. He's got he's he's got a forty year old man in a rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Peter oh. Pettigrew but um yeah and so they watch the older sons Percy, Fred and George because Charlie's off working in Romania and there's another one Donald Gleeson Charlie <laughs> Donald Gleeson Weasley yes that's the one I think he, he's in Charlie. the Ministry of Magic Percy was the one who got the job in the Ministry of Magic and then turned turned into a dick and left his family when Voldemort came knocking round. Okay, never mind. That's a story. That's a that's from the books that wasn't brought into the movies, but you know. Then which which one is Donald Gleeson? There's Charlie. There's Percy. There's Fred, George, Ron. I'm I'm we'll we'll we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up just because you know. Weasley family. Um, Fred, George, Ron, Charlie, Molly, Bill. 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 He was Bill Weasley. 
Yes. Willie Weasley. Um, yeah, and so, and then obviously Ginny wishes him good luck. Mm-hmm. She instantly, she instantly gets the feels. <laughs> Attracted immediately. Yes. Yes, yes, this like fucking, I don't know, six year old. <laughs> Eleven. She looks about six. <laughs> True, yeah. Um, but in fairness, they all look fucking ten, like. Yeah, I, I can't tell the, the like, ages of that. Like, it's, they all blend into one for me. Mm. But, um, and so Harry gets through successfully when he runs through the wall. Mm-hmm. And then on the train, Harry and Ron share a compartment and get to know one another. Harry, like an absolute capitalist fuck. Uh, <laughs> we'll take the we'll lot. We'll take the lot, you prick. <laughs> Fuck no, everyone else on this. No wonder Malfoy doesn't like you already. Potter. <laughs> Potter. You you got you gotta make it out like you're getting all of the saliva in your body out on just one yeah, go. It, it's 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 like you're throwing it's, your face at him. It's ready aim fire. Yeah. Potter. <laughs> so I go so I get ready to wash the entire car. Potter. <laughs> Um, oh. But um, yeah, and so they get to know each other. They're gorging on sweets. We get our first look at Dumbledore in a chocolate frog, uh, card. Yeah. You you can't expect him to hang around all day. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> how? What? What? How? Does that mean there would like no one would spend money to go to an art museum in the Wizarding World? Cause they just fuck off. I mean, yeah, like, if, if all the art is technically alive, then, you know, I, I don't know. It's the mo- the mo- actually, no, the Mona Lisa would still fucking stay there, just be a creep. It's like, I know I can follow you around the room. I'm magic. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, uh, and then Hermione shows up to, um, just, uh, ask, oh, Neville's lost a toad, and then she also just shows off her, um, intelligence and questionable hairstyle the frizzy hair the l bangs yeah it's, it's it was a look it was you know she hates it now of course she does she yeah. was fucking like 11 yeah she's not going to want to rock that again oh but um yeah no so she shows off her intelligence instantly pissing off ron <laughs> Okay. Oh. And so uh, a, a bond was born. I don't know how to describe it. A friendship was was not born yet, but it it started ish. They 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 were they were acquaintances. Mm-hmm. They still think she's annoying as fuck. <laughs> and she kind of is. Yeah, there's one line I love from this whole thing. You know the we're we're a bit we're a bit far out from it though, I like but you know when she's like, we could could die or worse get expelled, <laughs> and Ron just goes. She needs to sort out <laughs> her priorities. Yeah. Oh, we can quote this fucking film verbatim, like. Oh yeah. Um. Who counts though? To be fair. Upon arrival at Hogwarts, they they board a boat to the castle. And no other year gets the boat. Do you think it's just the first years that get the boat? Because every... Because in the later films, there's a carriage. Yeah, I... I... And, you, and, at, and in the third one, there, 
you, you kind of see the carriages coming in and in the second one you never see them because they land in the car on the grounds already yeah like i i, I guess it's to kind of i, I suppose it, it would be a first year thing like to show to the segregate magic of it all as well but like i, I suppose Cedric, but like they're trying to show it off they're trying to yeah. sell the school you know yeah, look how fancy it is. You have Please, to get a boat to it. <laughs> you got to get a boat to it. Come on. Sure, believe us, this is great. There's no child endangerment problems here. <laughs> There's no dementias here. <laughs> There's no basilisk living under the place. Imagine, imagine the fucking basilisk we, got out into the water. We, di- we, we, didn't, ins- we didn't install a three-headed dog on the third floor cor- corridor yesterday. But his name is Fluffy, it's fine. <laughs> Just get, just make sure you come with a harp and you know how to play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then McGonagall meets them atop a stairwell and she explains, these are the house rules. Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, and Hufflepuff. I cannot do this accent. That's because she's Scottish, not fucking... <laughs> I don't know Oxford English today, Jesus. Um... Draco, in his first proper scene in the movie, uh, gets to act like a pompous fuck <laughs> and try and seduce Harry to joining him and his gang. <laughs> but even Harry him. can see through his bullshit already. Yeah, yeah. He's got his priorities straight, you know? And so a rivalry is born. <laughs> fuck you, Potter. <laughs> Potter. No. Uh. No. A rivalry born of... Spitting names. <laughs> Who says it better, Lucius or fucking Drake? Potter. I don't know, but so, I don't know. But if you were ever watching it in like four D, you would need a windscreen wiper. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um. And then, okay, I was gonna say this process seems so unnecessarily extra, you know. They're all standing outside. You see Neville for the first time. You know, he's instantly set up as a loser because, you know, he's got a toad. (laughs) A toad is just, like, the lowest form of pet. Worse than Scabbers, who was a 40-year-old man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this whole... He's the discount boy who lived. (laughs) He's the the boy who also lived. Um, But, um... And so, with ho- this whole section, they, they bring in the first years who have not been, I feel like, outside of the train, where I'm pretty sure, like, the first years have their own section, and then the second years have their own section. That's a, it looks like a long train, long mm. enough to fit all the years. And then they, they, they get a boat, and everyone else gets a cart, which is probably fucking terrible if you're seasick. Oh, yeah. If you're... And then you get walked into the Great Hall while everyone else is sitting down waiting to eat. They get paraded in like they're cattle at the fucking cattle fucking auctions. <laughs> uh, up the front, you. <laughs> up the front. And some of them have never seen what this place looks like. Some of them barely know magic at all. Uh, and, you know, and then they have to wait and have the entire school watch as they get put into different houses. And it's like, how many anxiety attacks would that cause? 
For an 11-year-old, at least three. Yes. <laughs> that, that would cause a panic attack for a fucking 17-year-old. <laughs> so you're just there and like the entire school is judging you, you know? There's some dickhead second year down the back, back of the hall just being like, whenever a girl comes up, seven out of ten. <laughs> oh, God. Five out of ten. Yeah. Oh, ten out of ten. Oh, she's with us. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jake. Start quit while you're ahead. How, how, <laughs> how many years till that ball? But <laughs> oh. well, we get one of the most iconic scenes in the film then. Yeah, uh, and we get um the, the sorting hat. Yeah. Yeah. Who, um... Um, who I imagine like probably sort of tones down what he says uh, for this but then it's probably when he's in Dumbledore's uh, office he's way more foul mouthed he just really comes across that way in, in the books as well like the Sorting Hat is so much more violent <laughs> yeah like, doesn't it like it basically subdue whoever's wearing it it like it goes over their eyes and they basically become a fucking I, I don't know like a a vegetable for a couple of minutes. <laughs> it's like the hypno toad yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, so uh everyone gets sorted into their houses. Ron gets put in Gryffindor because it's like another Weasley. <laughs> uh well, there's only one place for I f- you. <laughs> I feel like you'd be like another Weasley for fuck's sake, Mrs. Weasley, get a hobby <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. Like Once they had enough kids, they started having more raids at the ministry, so he, was, he wasn't home as much. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Still trying for a daughter there, Weasley. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah, and so uh, Hermione gets put in Gryffindor as well. Draco gets put in Slytherin before the hat even reaches his blonde hair. Like that's that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I can Slytherin. feel the fucking scent of Slytherin off of him. Oh, and then after begging not to be put in Slytherin, he's put in Gryffindor. And again, why do you think the Slytherins don't like him? First, he takes all the fucking sweets on the train, and then he openly just says, "Please don't put me with you guys." This is like the kind of the the karate kid thing as well, where. <laughs> Billy Zapka is, is the good guy, alright? Mm. You know, fucking... Um, Johnny Lawrence was actually a good guy, right? It's it, fucking... I, for, I, for, I forgot why did I forget his name. No, what's his name? Daniel-son. Yes, Daniel LaRusso. He's is... a piece of shit. He just did bad things. And fucking Johnny Lawrence got blamed for it all. I would love a Cobra Kai version of Harry Potter. <laughs> it's just old Draco. You're the best around. <laughs> None's gonna ever keep you down. Yeah, but I, it, I feel like Draco is his, misunderstood. His, his clearly gay son wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and yeah, and then at the feast, before the feast, Dumbledore basically gives like the most laps fucking speech you can imagine. It's very much... Um, the forbidden floor, the forbidden forest is forbidden. I also stay off the third floor corridor for anyone who does not wish to meet, to suffer a most painful death. Okay, sir. I thanks mean, for hearing that. Thanks for telling us that, us students. You know. I mean, it's effective. You know. Yeah, but it's Strike also the fear of God in the mind. Yeah, but it's also just like, 
Jesus, mate. You said that to a bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> Richard Harris didn't fuck around. No, no. Um, and uh, then Harry gets told of Snape by Percy because his scar starts to hurt a little bit. Uh, and we get the 411 on Snape. He's a bit creepy. He wish he, he wants to be defense against the dark arts teacher, but he always gets turned down. Yeah. Which always seems weird when you consider the track record of uh defense against the dark arts teachers over the next few years. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, Jesus Christ. Mm. Do you think the first year after Harry and all graduated there was like a there was like a running joke where it was just like oh new defense against the dark arts teacher eh? will you will you still be here next year will you still be here next year the end the end of year party for the all the teachers it was like fuck it he made it he's not weird he's not Voldemort in the back of the head he's not a liar he's not a werewolf he's not fucking Barry Crouch in Polydeuce Potion he's not Thatcher in Pink. Oh my god! He didn't. Yeah, I come to think of it, there was there was a there was a lot of characters for. There was a, there was a, the, Hogwarts has a terrible uh, policy for hiring teachers. Oh yeah, just they they're fucking awful. They don't let yeah. anyone. Yeah, because like fucking GMIT does a better job of hiring their lecturers. <laughs> don't you dare disrespect Donald. <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, production design folks. Oh right, <laughs> Frank. Oh. oh, you've name dropped it. It's canon. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Um. So and then over the next few days, they get the you get the first couple of classes. Harry and Ron are late for transfiguration. Uh, McGonagall does her awesome jump from cat into woman pose, which I feel like she secretly loves doing. Like the first class for the mm. first years every year, she's she wakes up in the morning and be like, oh, I really hope someone's late so I can fuck with them. Mr. Potter. Yeah, she, I, she definitely fucks with her student. With like the, I bet on the days where it's just like, the first days, she always just wants to have a laugh because like, it's Maggie Smith, obviously. But it's just, she she go, she starts off, they go into the empty classroom, there's just a cat and then she just scares the shit out of them by transforming. Uh, bet, the best way to break the ice, you know? Scare the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But, um... Yeah, uh, uh, they have the first flying lesson. Uh, we get to see... Oh, oh no, first off, we get um, Alan Rickman's first proper scene, the potions yes. lesson, where he gets... <laughs> there where, will be no foolish wand-waving. Or silly incantations in this class. I will teach you how to bottle <laughs> fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper in death. <laughs> Unless some of you... Feel it's not worth paying attention, this and he's when he's just doing what I do in every fucking <laughs> class, and that's take down notes. Yeah. <sighs> Our but, um, Jesus, uh, that that was a bit uh, Sean Connery. Oh, celebrity. That's a bit Stitch. Oh shit! Oh, I can't get it. <laughs> Our new celebrity. I can't get it either, shit. Okay, okay. Wonder in this class. <laughs> now, now it just kind of looks like if uh, Stitch had like something vibrating and he put it by his throat. <laughs> but it, it does sound like Stitch, but just slower and more menacing. It sounds like Stitch, but when it's one of those people who like have uh, had their voice box de- injured, so they have like 
the thing they put to their throats when they want to talk and it sends it out. <laughs> Voice modulation. Turned. I forgot the page. Yeah. Was. Fuck. Okay. Just turn to page 394. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and uh, then we get the Harry... Then we get... Uh, we see the owls for the first time delivering mail and uh, Neville gets his rememberal. Dean... How many days old? How many years old were you when you realized a remember all was remember all? Jake, you're just hurting me now. <laughs> the minute I knew, I got you with the first one, and then the second one I was like, oh, "Stop ruining my I magic!" Got, I got, I got, I got one in the canister. <laughs> <laughs> Let me live out my childhood fantasies. Oh Jesus! But um, yeah. So um, yeah, and then obviously we find out the remember all is uh. Basically, if you've forgotten something, it will help you remember. But, um... I don't know what I've forgotten. <laughs> I don't know what I've forgotten. Why is it always me? <laughs> oh, if you feel... If you relate to the Weasleys so much, I'm gonna be honest. I'm pretty sure I'm a Neville. Yeah, I, 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 I can back that, you know? Yeah, I admit it. You are a Neville. But I grew up, but I grew into like an old, a later films Neville who's awesome. So it's okay. You keep telling yourself that, Jake. I'll keep telling myself that till it's real. But yeah, this is where Harry gets his um cloak as well. Uh, no, this is where he gets put on the team because uh, the first flying lesson. Um. But wait, I thought it was the first, like at the first um. Oh, fucking, yeah, the first the male. First... No, he gets it. Male? No, he gets it after he gets on the team. Why would he get? Why would he get a broomstick before? I he... said the cloak. No, the cloak is a Christmas present. Well, fuck me, I've got it all wrong. <laughs> but now, basically, we get the sequence with uh, the remember all at the Quidditch lesson where Neville has a, a misfortunate accident. He fractures his wrist. Because uh, his broom goes out of, co- out of control. Uh, Draco acts like a dickhead. Tries to throw the remember all. Harry catches it. McGonagall sees it and was just like instantly. Get him on the team. I have found you your seeker. <laughs> he, tur- he turns into that one geography teacher in every school. Who sees a fast kid and was like. Santry. <laughs> Get him to Santry. <laughs> <laughs> we had one who was just like. Oh he's going on Santry team yes. That was meant to be Claire, by the way. <laughs> I would never have guessed. But yeah, we, we meet... Um, uh, Oliver fucking... Wood. Yeah. Who my girlfriend had a crush on, apparently. <laughs> that was her uh, gateway drug to uh, Andy Murray. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, but... Um, yeah, so Wood basically is the captain of the Quidditch team. We find out that... Um, Quidditch is in Harry's blood because his dad was on the team. Jamesy boy. Uh, and um, because him, Ron and Hermione were looking at that, they, uh, they're they late getting back to the Gryffindor common room on the staircase. The staircase moves and they end up on the third floor corridor, which they shouldn't. So they're ch- being chased by Filch. And um, to escape, they go into a room and they realize that there's a three-headed dog behind them. And they manage to escape from that. Uh, they escape from Fluffy. But Hermione notices that there was a trap door underneath it. 
So it's obviously guarding something. <laughs> God I'm, damn it, Hermione. Now I'm going to bed before one of you, before one of you two comes up with another clever idea. She gets to get all killed. killed or, or worse, worse expelled. expelled. <laughs> she really needs to sort out her priorities. <laughs> so Harry gets his Quidditch 101 lesson in prep of his first game where we find out the rules of Quidditch. The slightly... This movie makes the ga- the rules of Quidditch out to be way more um unfair than they are really. Yeah. Because everything is like, oh, if you catch the snitch, we win because it's 150 points. But it's like, there's been... Recorded Quidditch games where it's like you you were so far behind, even the the snitch couldn't save you. Yeah, like I I'm sure there's a team that's good enough to fucking outdo the snitch, you know. Yeah. The I wonder, like I wonder if what 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 like what the scores would have been like in the World Cup. I am. I do. I do wonder that. Yeah. Because I'm sure definitely, some of them did definitely beat the snitch. Definitely in the hundred. Oh, so in the hundreds. Because again, in here it's very much like, oh, it's twenty one to twenty. Yeah. Now it's a hundred and twenty to twenty one. <laughs> hundred and seventy to twenty one. Yeah. Makes it seem like such a one sided match in the end. Yeah. But um. Yeah. And then we get um, the Wingardium Leviosa. It's not Wing Leviosa. No, it's, it's Leviosa. Leviosa. <laughs> Miss Granger's done it. Has anyone ever noticed how Flitwick goes forced goes at least twenty years younger between this film and the last film, because in this film he's got the bushy white hair. Mm. You know he's really then he old. Then he gets a haircut, and then then he just turns into like. The miniaturized version of like that really strict like history teacher you'd have in a school where he's got the black coat, black hair comb over the the stash that's kind of you know not porn star but also. It's, you know, the, it's the it's the Theodore Roosevelt. Yes, the Teddy Roosevelt mustache. But um, yeah, so he's got that, and um, we get the beginning of uh Seamus Finnegan's uh thing for pyrotechnics because he blows himself up <laughs> oh my god i lost my shit me and ishik were watching this the other day and the minute seamus opens his mouth with his irish fucking accent she loses it because it's hilarious me ma me ma me dad's a muggle and me ma's a witch it's a horrible surprise for him when he found out <laughs> did you know actually proper dublin voice on him it's, it's it's amazing. I wouldn't change it for the world. But did you know? He is also he's the one actor who's blown through the entirety of the hot the Potter money. <laughs> oh god, um, fucking muggle mm. is an old English word for stoner. Oh, then how come the Dursleys were so uptight? <laughs> um, oh. I don't know. They 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 didn't. I don't, they well, I suppose. I, fuck it, I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So words <laughs> overhearing Ron mock uh, Hermione after class, she runs to the girls' toilets, uh, really upset. You know, because again, she doesn't want to be called a nightmare and have no friends. You know, mm-hmm. she's trying. She's trying. You know, but um, yeah, and then by and then during the Halloween feast, we have Quill running in. Troll, troll in, in the, the dungeons. dungeons. Such water, no. <laughs> oh, I love that line. 
I know he he let the troll in. Very good acting who, on Akuma's <laughs> face. Who let the trolls in? Woof, 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 woof. Jeez. That's the end of the show, folks. It's the end of the show, I'm sorry. I'll throw you out a fucking window. <laughs> He'll throw me out my own window. <laughs> yes, and then I'll... I don't know. Um, so we find out that there was a mountain troll loose in the school downstairs in the dungeons, and it's uh, and it's in danger of killing Hermione. So Harry and Ron go and save Hermione from the troll, cementing their friendship. When afterwards Hermione takes the fall for uh, think by telling them she thought she could handle it herself. So um, Gryffindor managed to lose points and gain points, which is one of those things where it's like. This whole thing of teachers giving out these uh, points is a bit unfair because they also are the heads of the houses. Yeah. So they'll want to win. So it's like, oh, you this you lose five points for Gryffindor. But Harry and Ron, you you both earn Gryffindor five points each. So they've made up for the five points they've lost and just gained another five. Yeah, it's a bit one-sided, all right. I don't think Slytherin will ever win. <laughs> I've never seen Snape give points. Yeah, no. It's quite funny. Mm. Um, and in the so the friendship is fully cemented now, and then after uh, after it all, Harry spots a scar on Snape's leg. Um, Harry get at Harry's before Harry's first Quidditch game, he gets a new Nimbus. New uh, that's in the Miss Two Thousand. <laughs> fastest broom there is. Um. So and then, but his McGonagall's sneaky eye be like. Mm. <laughs> oh. Well then. Oh. Um. Cuckoo! Oh. Uh. Sorry. Yes. Uh. Just a technical malfunction. Uh. Here. Basically, and then at the first Quidditch game, Harry's new broom gets possessed. What are the chances? Yeah. Uh, so, and it almost throws him off until Hermione distracts Snape, who they think is trying to uh, steal whatever the dog is guarding, and who is trying to kill Harry by uh, uh, jinxing the broom. But uh, So they set Snape some robes on fire. That teacher's on fire. <laughs> This, this is what I love, because, like, a whole generation thought Snape was an absolute prick. For many years. Yeah, and then and one even, film, one fucking film. Just changes it all. And even when he wasn't being a prick, he still had that prick vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then post, and but um, Harry is able to catch the snitch in the end once the jinx is uh, lifted. This is the one scene in the film where... The CGI really doesn't do it favors. No, it, the CGI it is bad in this one, and it hurts. It hurts to say that, but it's not good. It shows you know, two thousand and one hours. Columbus said um, he wasn't happy with how uh, how the special effects turned out for this one, but this is the only time, and maybe a little bit with the end with Quirrell and stuff, where you know you can kind of yeah you can see this isn't. Um, this hasn't turned out exactly how we thought. Um, but yeah, so Harry wins. And then afterwards, I assume the uh, Quidditch uh, department get together and think of, okay, how do we change this ruling to be like, it's okay for a player to catch the snitch if he deep throats it. 
Because there has to be a meeting. Because there would have definitely been been complaints. It's like, ah, here, he swallowed it. Does that count? I mean, he did spit it out and then it was in his hands, technically. Yeah, but he caught it with his mouth and not his hands. Does mouth count? Does it count in the mouth? It's still a great catch, you know? (laughs) Um... So, uh, post-match, the gang try and tell Hagrid that they think Snape is up to no good, but he denies it and lets slip that something is being guarded. I should not have said that. I should not have said that. Fluffy is guarding something. The Philosopher's Stone. Hmm. Before going home for Christmas, Hermione tasks the boys with finding a way into the restricted section in the library, because that's where she thinks they may be able to find something on the stone. And that's when Harry gets his cloak for Christmas. Sorry, yes, Harry bad. awakes on Christmas morning to find for the first time in his life Christmas presents. Happy Christmas, Harry. Happy Christmas, Ron. <laughs> what are you wearing? Oh, Mum made it. There's one for you too. I was like, she is the nicest woman. Yeah. She met that kid for one, two minutes at a train station and she knitted him a jumper. What can I say? And he went, and he, I was, oh, I was about to say, and he would grow up to bang her daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, Jesus. Keep it in the family, they say. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. That's a fucking Malfoy thing. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But, um, yeah, so, basically... Um, and then obviously he gets the invisibility cloak from a mysterious person who, it you know, it's kind of hints at that it's Dumbledore because mm. who else? Um, that night Harry uses the cloak to sneak into the restricted section in the library. Uh, he opens up a book that's a real head case. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, a head screaming ah. <laughs> you and your fucking puns. Uh, um. And as you said, he's holding an open flame and uh, he gets noticed by Filch and uh, in trying to escape, he sees um, Snape putting the Frighteners on Quirrell. Yeah, and that is very much misinterpreted by Yes. Um, and the whole audience. <laughs> yes, it's a great misinterpretation though. Yeah. But, um, and he stumbles upon the mirror of Erised where he sees his parents. He... He shows it to Ron, and then over the next couple nights, he becomes more drawn to the mirror until Dumbledore explains that it's it's dangerous, you know. I before you go on, I have to get up the 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 thing about the mirror, the inscription. Here we go. Yes, so you know the way there's the inscription yes. on the outside. So I I'm not even going to attempt to say what it says backwards, but if you put it the other way around mm-hmm. it says i show not your face but the heart's desire oh interesting uh, and yeah so he says it's dangerous but it's going to be moved uh, it's leaving um men can waste away don't get uh, don't get caught up with this mm. um uh and then after christmas uh the gang learned that the philosopher's stone Grants immortality and was created by Nicholas Flamel, mm. who would later appear in a Fantastic Beast movie. Unfortunately, um, it just had to be the uh, bad Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. But um, and 
And so they go and press Hagrid on it, but they go in the middle of the night when Hagrid is hatching a dragon egg. Oh, Norbert. Mm. Norbert. Uh, who, who is adorable, even though he does try to burn Hagrid's beard off. <laughs> yeah, because so, yeah. he always wanted a dragon. Where was the dragon from again? Uh, that's a Norwegian Ridgeback. Yeah. My yeah. brother Charlie studies them in Romania. <laughs> <laughs> he says that about five fucking times in this movie. <laughs> My oh, Charlie. Yeah. Um, and so, but, um, for some reason, Draco is just at the windows, being creepy as fuck, and just sort of looking in. Yeah, what, why is he there? Like, what the fuck is he Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why he's there. I think he just, maybe he was also out of bed, and just saw them and was like, I'm gonna follow them, I'm gonna snitch on them, Potter. <laughs> oh, oh. It's, it's like a gasping for air. Potter. This is coming out of the ocean, like. Mm. <laughs> it's one of those things, Potter out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, stop, Jake. Keep uh, going before I, I, uh, I do something drastic. Throw another phone at me. No, no, not this one. This is a good phone. Uh, and so Draco snitches on them, but and they all get put in detention. But also Draco does as well because he was also out of bed. So take that, Jan. <laughs> Fuck you, you little bastard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Malfoy getting blamed L- for it all. Little blonde cunt boy. <laughs> Poor, I actually feel bad for Tom Felton because he had to bleach his hair oh. for every, like, every two weeks. So oh, God. His hair was completely damaged by the end of the series. Jesus. It was thin, shite, and basically falling out. <sighs> Fuck. Um, and yeah, and then detention turns out to be helping Hagrid in the Forbidden Forest track down what killed a unicorn. What is this fucking school in health? <laughs> you, you could have had them uprating lines. You know, detention in second year was having to deal with Gilroy Lockhart's fan mail. <laughs> detention in first year was the uh, Forbidden Forest... Uh, going and hunting unicorn killing beings. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, I love when he's like, um, to kill the creature so pure. Oh, <laughs> uh, un- un- unicorns got that air up their hole. <laughs> but we get a we get a glimpse of what a cretin Voldemort. Was. Yeah, what a cretinous little thing he was. And to be fair, for a children's film, that was a bit. That of a, was by oh, far yeah. the scariest part of the movie. You know, that's the bit where you're watching in the kids' area in the hotel, and you're like, no! But, um, yeah, so, um, and then Harry learns from the centaurs who save him that, um, uh, whoever's drinking unicorn blood has a, has a half-life, and he shows the unicorn blood, and it looks like someone just melted down the T-1000. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's such a cool colour, like, it's it so, is. oh my god. Oh. They're kind of metallic silver. Yeah. So cool. Um, and then so basically don't and so uh and then they have this conversation where Harry believes that uh Voldemort Snape is gonna get the stone for Voldemort. Um and uh, you get just around me like and I was worried about my potion final. <laughs> oh but um yeah and so but uh Hermione's just like 
remember as long as Dumbledore's here, you're safe, Harry. He's not they're not gonna go after you. Uh, and then in the next scene we find out Dumbledore's been called away on business. Great. What are the chances? <laughs> now we are fucked. <laughs> and so they decide the time is now to go and um stop Snape from getting the stone. Uh although there is one person standing in their way. Neville Longbottom. I can't let you go. <laughs> You're gonna get Gryffindor in trouble again. I'm I won't sorry. let you. I'll fight you. I'm sorry, Neville. <laughs> Petrificus totalis. <laughs> You're scary sometimes. <laughs> and he just freezes. Like Did you ever see the... the... Cor- fucking corpses. Oh, yeah. Like, they had to get a stunt double halfway through. The... Oh, God, because he had to completely just fall backwards. No, yeah. no fucks given for his own health. And because, like, he kept kicking up his legs, it didn't look proper, so they oh. had a stunt double in. I mean, I don't blame him. Like, what, they're fucking... Did you 12, ever see the... 13, 11. No, yeah, about yeah. 11. But, like, yeah. did you ever see the, the re-edit of it where it's just Hermione with a Glock and she, <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry, Neville, and fucking shoots him dead. Gangster Paradise playing as they walk away. <laughs> um, so they get to... um, They get past Fluffy, who is asleep for most of it because there's a harp playing. Um, but he wakes up at the very end and Long gets covered in his goop. Yeah, big saliva boy. He's a, he's a, they, they, they a good boy. They a good boy. a big woofer up there. A big, big woofer. Three heads, three heads, three woofs. Yeah. Uh, and, um. They drop down into. They drop into the devil's snare, which they get through due to Hermione's knowledge of herbology. And we start to see every, all of these rooms, uh. Funny that, Play um, to a certain character strength in um, a certain trio member. Jake, I just have, you, you just said something there that intrigued me. Hermione had a um, a strong knowledge of herbology, and is she not a Muggleborn? Oh, <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> oh, because they because they were a few movies away from giving that to Neville as his personality trait, being good at herbology. Uh, he needed something. I mean, come on. He, I'll he, fight you. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's the hero of this whole film in the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they get through the devil's name and they got, as you said, um, there's a, each room fits their uh, biggest, their big strength. Um, who knew Ron was good at chess? Wizard's um, chess at that. Well, well, first off, we get Harry's flying uh, demonstration oh, yes. where he... Where he grabs the keys and so so we get them and they go into the next room. And so they get to the final, they get to the third room, which is a game of wizard's chess, which is Ron's specialty. Uh, which is set up in the, in, earlier in the film because they're playing wizard's chess when Hermione comes in. That's barbaric. That is barbaric. I would love to watch wizard ch- wizard's chess. Mm. But um, yeah, so he commands a game and... They win, but he has to sacrifice himself in, in the process to uh, ensure that they win. Uh, uh, and he's wounded in his fall because he falls off the, off the massive yeah. piece. The knight. The knight. Um, and so Hermione stays with Ron, who's injured, and Harry tells her to um, send an owl to Dumbledore immediately as he goes on alone. Um, and then he finally reaches the last room where he finds the mirror of Erised and not Snape. 
Yeah. Quirrell. Big red herring. Professor Quirrell. Please. Who reveals that he's been the villain all along. Show me the boy. So Quirrell monologues about his schemes and how Snape was attempting to stop him before. And Harry and the gang's attempts to stop Snape ended up stopping him. Mm. If Snape didn't put that counter spell on me. <laughs> oh. But, um, and then he reveals Voldemort under his turban in disturbing 2001 CGI. Oh, God, yeah. That, that stuff That's is the most Voldemort ever had a nose. Yeah. Oh. Less nose, please. <laughs> Voldemort tempts Harry with uh, into giving him the stone with promises of seeing his parents again, but um, Harry turns a dead. Harry uh, fights it, and uh, when Quirrell tries to touch him, he starts to burn. <laughs> so Harry uses that weak spot to defeat them by just sort of grabbing them by the face. Ah, and he starts to melt. He crumbles basically because he can't touch him. Yeah, it's a, it's a good plot points I think mm. that like and it keeps up until the third film as well the f- yeah till till like till he's fully resurrected yeah yeah because he was still weak in chambers yeah um Harry wakes up in the hospital wing where he chats with Dumbledore who's uh giving him jelly beans mm, um earwax <laughs> you nasty fuck <laughs> Um, your mother's love, Harry. That's what stopped him. <laughs> the secret of Dumbledore is he he uh, he actually prefers bogey flavor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um. So the stone, he tells him the stone will be destroyed. Uh, the mirror is gone. Flamel is going to die. He's chosen to die. I mean, the guy is six hundred and seventy. Three, mm. uh, and by the way, the whole school knows what went down with you and Quirrell. <laughs> so um, yeah, deal with that. By the way, you thought you were famous before. You're even more famous now. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah you 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 took down the you took down the mild mannered, uh, defense against the dark arts teacher with a stutter who turns out to be an evil wizard living in the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's a very strange conversation with your parents over the summer. It's like, how did school go? Grand, we had a teacher who turned out to have another person on the back of his head. Well, I mean, luckily Harry didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like that scene in The Simpsons where Ralph is just like, I saw, I saw Miss Krabappelin, the principal in the sleep, ha- having sex in the cupboard, and then the sex looked at me and it had whiskers. <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> I think you had like a, a minor stroke halfway through that, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh so yeah. And um yeah, and uh, as a result of their heroics, Gryffindor get a few more points in the house cup because they're coming last because they had the points taken away from them for uh their for Harry Ron and Hermione being out of bed. Mm. Um but then Harry uh Hermione gets some points for being clever. Ron gets some points for the chess game. Harry gets a another hundred and fifty points for bravery, and then the, we're tied with Slytherin. And at this point, Slytherin are thinking this is bullshit, <laughs> and um, and then Dumbledore gives five points to Neville Longbottom for standing up to his friends, and Slytherin about to start a fucking inquiry. <laughs> I mean, 
it, 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 to be fair, they have a point. <laughs> if I was Slytherin, I'd be so pissed. What is this? This whole thing was rigged. <laughs> we we behaved the entire fucking year. We everyone calls us evil, like <laughs> we're evil because we follow rules. Is that it? <laughs> you, it ain't easy being green. No, not, not back to the Muppets, Jesus Christ. Oh, as a, so um, and so Gryffindor win the house cup in the one movie where winning the house cup is worth a fucking damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's never mentioned really again. No, this is it. This is your big shot. This, this is this is the one film where the house cup matters for well, some it's reason. A first year thing. It's a first it year. is a first year thing because in second year the giant snake is more of a thing, and in mm. third year. The convicted, the escaped, the escaped, uh, suspected murderer is more of a thing. <laughs> then there's a tournament in the fourth one. Then there's a dictatorship in the fifth one. <laughs> then the principal's dead in the sixth one. Spoilers. Uh, and then and then and then the evil and then the bad guys have taken the place over the last year. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. It by by the time we're in year seven, the house cup has lost a little bit of its luster. Imagine just at the end. <laughs> A hundred points to Gryffindor for, you know, winning the battle War of Hogwarts. Yeah, the battle, the, of Hogwarts. the battle of Hogwarts. All houses are awarded 150 points. <laughs> Preferred extreme per- bravery. Neville Longmore <laughs> gets five points. Oh, not again. He killed a goddamn snake this time. He gets ten points. Okay. And so before leaving uh, for the summer, Hagrid gives Harry... A precious family and friends photo album so that he can survive a summer with the Dursleys as the train pulls away. And Harry and is just like, are you excited about going home, Harry? No, I was already home. Aww. Oh, yes. And so began the saga. That's why, that's why he said at the house party with the Sam Maguire. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have some fucking kid. <laughs> okay, quick, let's go to post-production. Uh, released on the 16th of November, 2001, rapidly approaching. Yeah. Um, it had a budget of $125 million. Opening weekend, domestic US, it made $90.2 million. Not a bad one. You know. $23 million in the UK, which was um, the broke the record for the highest opening weekend gross ever in the UK that was previously held by Phantom Menace. Um. Overall gross, it made three hundred and eighteen million domestic US, six hundred and ninety one point one million internationally, eighty four point seven million of which was from the UK, um, and it made one point nine billion dollars worldwide. Although there was an asterisk there, it crossed the one billion mark due to a twenty twenty re release in China. <laughs> so um, it wasn't in the one billion dollar club until literally last year. One billion. $1 billion. <laughs> it was the highest grossing film of 2001. We don't need to repeat those films because we mentioned it last week. Yeah. Uh, basically, it was just this. And then Fellowship was like 10th, which is impressive considering it came, that came out on the 19th of December. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's insane. I, um, I, was, I was listening to that and it was like, there was two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks, yeah. Um, it spent five weeks at the UK box office number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was eventually knocked off by Fellowship, as said last week. Yeah. Three weeks at the US number one. Its DVD release in May of 2001, 10 million copies sold in the first month. 
sixty percent being DVDs, which I am holding right now. The two thousand and two release. I'm pretty sure. Jesus Christ! It is the two thousand and two release. Also, it's missing the fucking disc, but I still have it. God damn, that's insane. It's still got the special features disc though, and it's priceless to me. Um, yeah, that might be priceless in a couple of years if you keep it long enough. I mean, it's not fucking priceless. Look at the state of the box. Uh, this also, is it's, also, it's missing the main. Di- it's missing the movie disc. I mean, Jake, you can just put any any disc in there. It's fine. <laughs> um, a strong critical response, killing eighty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty four on a Metacritic. Rave reviews from Roger Ebert as well as multiple other outlets at the time. It was nominated for three Oscars. Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Original Score. Didn't win any. Nominated for seven BAFTAs. Best Film, Best British Film, Best Supporting Actor for Robbie Coltrane. Best uh, Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, Best Makeup. Didn't win any. How did it not win Production Design? I do not know. The BAFTAs fucking... Spooged themselves over fucking British stuff, British stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's really weird, but um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Like again, the sequel was all always in the works. Yeah. Even before the film was finished, the sequel was in the works. No days off for you. They started filming. Fit the film would uh, start. They would start shooting Chamber of Secrets. Uh, three days after this film came out, so November nineteenth, uh, two thousand one. Uh, and so, just to wrap things up, uh, final thoughts on the film? Well, I think everything that can be said about this film has already been said, and I, I think, like, anyone who is, is a person knows this film and probably sees it fondly from childhood, unless you hate Harry Potter, and then you just go to hell. Unless but... you're one of those weirdo <laughs> Lord of the Rings kids. <laughs> what type of fuck? No, but yeah, no, like... To me, I obviously it wasn't the first one I saw in cinema, but it is, you know, it's the classic big big movie. Yes. That line that that Monster Zinc and um Shrek. Yeah. Like I I've been on I don't know how many big big movie podcasts at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> all of the mo- you only you only come on for the big big movies. Yeah. And and also fucking Space Jam. But yeah, like, what what else can you say about it? It's Harry Potter. Yeah, I, 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 this is the first one. This did such an amazing job at laying the groundwork, but also telling its own film, even with the setup. To finally see that in, in the cinema as well, with, like, you know, okay, so when I saw it, it was myself and, and um, I think, Patrick. Yeah. Barbara, one of them. But it was kind of insane watching it. And seeing... Oh, no, sorry, it was Thomas. It was Thomas. Oh, yeah. um, it was insane wa- seeing it and watching all these other kids seeing it for the first time oh. in this cinema. And it's like, they're experiencing something yes. that I didn't even get to experience like that. Oh. It's insane. Yeah, and it's... um, Yeah, and obviously, just where would you rank this in terms of your favourites? Or should we wait till... Wait I, till the we'll last, wait till the end. Wait till the end to rank them. Yeah. 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 But, um... Yeah, same, like, this has a special place for me. It's not my favourite. I'm going to be honest, I prefer Chamber of the two Columbus films, but that's because Chamber has a special place for me. I'm pretty sure I saw Chamber before I saw this. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, I have real fond memories of this. This is a childhood classic. I still put this on every now and again. 
and as a fantasy family film, it fucking works. As yeah. a film that sets up an entire world to a let to a strong enough level that you can then go ahead and have this sort of second part of the film be this entire story with the stone and whatnot and it still feels satisfying after everything that's already been set up yeah. from like the start of the film to Harry getting to Hogwarts. It does so much and it manages to do all of it. Yes, it's very long. It feels long at times, but it's it's a it's a it's a worthy journey. Yeah, like everything that in it is there. It's it's building up for future films to come. Yes. and like at, at, you you're learning something new about the world every time. Yes, yeah, literally. There's almost something new to learn about this world in every scene. Yeah, and um and just like this cast, insane. Like, like incredible cast they didn't know it at the time but insane <laughs> this 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 is the start of like the ultimate sort of british acting talent yearbook yeah pretty much and like we didn't even mention is it is it warwick davison or da- warwick davis as warwick davis, um yeah. flitwick as, and probably all of the all, all of the goblins all of the future goblins to come as well but oh. like yeah no the cast is just it's something else it's incredible and it's just and it holds up. Just as a movie, it holds up. Yeah. In so yeah. many aspects. CGI at times, yeah, but, you know. And and the fact that this isn't the best one says something about the quality of the series going forward. Because, like, there's no bad film in here. Like, you look at something like um, Crimes of Grindelwald. That's, that's, that's probably the worst fi- wizarding film mm. of all. And then probably Fantastic Beasts. And then even the weakest film of, like, this series, which, you know, would probably be, like, Deathly Hollows Part 1, would still yeah. be a considerable leap above, like, the first Fantastic Beasts. See, I think why Deathly Hollows is so, like, not not hit, but it's so down there on the list is because... It's, it's, it's the split. But, yeah, but it's doing what Philosopher's Stone do, did in the first part yeah. of the film. But taking but it's the whole just film. just a whole film, yeah. Yeah. So it is just a f- like a, a two hour exposition kind of pretty thing. much yeah, and like they do get some stuff done, but like it, it's not satisfying to watch, mm. you know. Yeah. So um, thank you for coming on this week's podcast. Yeah, we 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 share similar thoughts on this film. We both love it. It's both, uh, it's both got a special place for us. Mm. We I don't think it's either of our favorites, but we'll get on to favorites in the coming weeks thank you for this first episode in this soon to be eight part series i look forward to the the rest of the saga yes we all do we all do um we will hopefully be having more special guests as we go along we already have a guest lined up for a couple episodes from now um oh yeah well you remember what i was talking about last night no spoilers no spoilers but um, until then, see you next time for year two at Hogwarts. Yeah. Things are about to get Dobby up in here. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> we are talking some Dobby next week. That is, that is going to be worth tuning in for. Okay, then. Uh, thank you, Dean, for coming on the show. As always, it's been a pleasure. Oh, pleasure is all mine, Jake. Thank uh, you. So thank you very much for watching and see you next week. Adios. Adios, folks. And Expelliarmus to you all. <laughs>